0: Welcome back to Avanti Security Insights, where best practice cybersecurity meets real world workplaces and roadblocks. I'm Ashley Stryker, your cybersecurity content manager extraordinaire, joined by, of course, the wonderful and talented Chris Gettle, our VP of Endpoint Security Product Management here at Avanti. Hi, Chris.
1: Hey, Ashley, how are you doing?
0: I am doing okay. And I'm also especially excited because Daniel's back. Hi, Daniel.
2: Hey, Ashley, how are you?
0: I'm excited and happy. Um, For those of you who are just joining us, Daniel Spicer is our chief security officer here at Avanti and uh, a font of knowledge of technical and practical cybersecurity things where I just randomly go, hey, is this how this works? And then he sends me down a rabbit hole of cryptic regulations from NIST about passwords and how often you change them. Remember that one?
2: I, I do. I do. It was good times. Good times.
0: Good times. <laughs> um, so how have you been? Um, I haven't really had a chance to really talk with you since our uh, big AI webinar the other day.
2: It, it's been good. Um, the, the last few months have, have been really, uh, really, really busy. A lot of travel. Uh, I was really excited. I actually went to to Bangalore recently for Avanti DevCon 2023. It was a really good time. Um, got to meet a, a lot of colleagues in person that normally I just wake up really early or, or stay up really late to talk to. Um, so it was good, good being there in person and seeing everyone. And so now I am uh, going through a pile of email and, and documents and contracts, and so um, finally starting to dig out.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you could dig out and join us for some fun. Um, At least I think this is fun. Absolutely. So um, you managed to escape the last episode that Chris and I um, put out, um, which was about overemployment. Mm. But you had a really great observation um, about employee investigations, which I'm figuring both you and Chris, as a manager of people, have both at some point had to do some more robust digging into the activities of your employees. And I, as somebody who has never managed a remote workforce, I didn't even think of that. So,
1: yeah. So, from that previous episode, for anybody who didn't catch it, we were talking about overemployment and really. Like, is it a real-world problem that we have today? Yes, it is. It's probably increased since the the epidemic and remote work, and it's making it a little bit easier for um, OEs to exist within your organization. Then we shifted into what are the security implications of having OEs within your organization and getting into the how do you start to try to enforce or implement steps to reduce the possibility of an OE within your workforce. Uh, So Daniel, that's where, you know, uh, we definitely wanted to to pick your brain more. So one thing that we wanted to get into is what is the tipping point where this really becomes a big enough risk where you want to start to take steps? And if you do have to take steps, is there a line? And how close do you get to that line? And where do you cross that line as you get into observation and investigation of employees who might be an OE.
2: Yeah, I actually think it's worth noting, right, that this isn't something that just is in the realm of like, you know, OE as, as we're kind of defining it. This is actually a, an issue that you can experience with contractors and, and vendors, right? And in a lot of cases, you have um, a, a contractor that is giving you like 25% of their time here or 50% of your time there, you could still run into some of these issues. A perfect example when we're talking about the OE, but um, you know, uh, uh, an example of where uh, vendors can, can cause you a, a similar problem where you're ending into an employee investigation track, right, is um, uh, actually pirating has is, is been a, a challenge. And that's something All that right. that um, we will find someone who is, you know, following the right measures that we need for their particular case going through the VPN in a full tunnel. And they have torrent on in the background on whatever machine they're using. And, um, well, the media companies don't care. They send me a notice, right? And they send Avanti a notice oh. or, or, or the company a notice, right? And we trace that back to a, a vendor, right? And you're in an employee mm-hmm. investigation situation. So, so I, I think it's worth noting that these overemployment risks that you're talking about um, aren't unique in that way, right? There are, mm-hmm. very, there are very other um, common ways that these present themselves, um, right. But I, I think we should switch the conversation a little bit and talk about um, employee investigations because that's ultimately yes, w- where we're we're heading towards. Right? Is what is the the right point in which you open up an employee investigation? And I think it's it's kind of two different ways that these kind of come to us, right? The the first one is we we you know receive something from one of our tools or, or alerts, right. Uh, or I guess three, mm-hmm. we we will separate those. Some, something in our tooling and our alerting says there's unusual behavior. I get, um, okay. some kind of third party notice, right. Which is always fun. And we just kind of talked about that. Um, but <laughs> we also, um, you know, sometimes, a manager will come to us, right, and they'll say that they they have some sort of suspicion, and that's the one that gets um, that one has the most gray area, the most concern for me, right? Is is uh, what is sufficient for for us to go and um, perform an employee investigation based off of a, a manager's um, concern,
1: right?
0: Okay. Chris, have you ever asked to investigate an employee?
1: Should I, I ask? Have never, I have never actually had to do that. Um, but I have I known managers better. who have. Uh, so it's it's one of those things that can come up. And when it does, it it becomes a very delicate situation. What are the types of technologies that companies can utilize to start to get the level of observability they need without you know starting to come up against that line of have you crossed over the observability line? And then when an issue occurs, to your point, there is a point where you have to get more invasive. When and how should that happen? And then as you get into that, getting into more detail. So I think, you know, there are some some technologies that can help with that. Traditionally, if you had, you know, hey, access to the things that a user needs to get to, they have to use the VPN, they have to get into the environment, they have to log into a specific application. With the shift to remote work, it's kind of gotten harder and maybe easier at the same time depending on what technologies a company might have in place. If you've got like a secure access or a zero trust technology in place that has UEBA capabilities, it can observe the device that's coming in the user. It could even start to observe the behaviors of them. Hey, suddenly we found that, you know, uh, employee Greg is uh, no longer working in the nine to five range. He's suddenly working on a time zone that looks, looks more like India or China possible red flag. Right? So, Let's talk observability for a second there. How can we get a better handle on on that without crossing over from observability into Big Brother?
2: Yeah, so and and this is where all the conspiracy theories start for security, right? The the truth of the matter is is as um, security has has progressed and and threat actors have have gotten more sophisticated, we've transitioned to a point where we're collecting a, a ton of data. Right. And searching for patterns for malicious behavior, you know, traditional s- signature based uh, detection. Right. And so when you look at um, uh, EDR, for example, right, EDR doesn't just look for signatures. It collects a-, a ton of information about when people are starting processes on machines and network connections from where to where and and just tracking all of this information and then constantly reviewing all the data it's collecting you know, typically in the cloud to identify the, the pattern of what might be malicious activity and spin off alerts from there. Um, and so in, in that regard, and, and this, this is the traditional information security problem today, as I see it, right, is, it's more of a, a signal to noise issue rather than than a, a data issue. If you have your tools properly deployed and configured, um, you, you have a right stack. You're in a, in a data over, uh, overload situation rather than a uh, anything else. So I, I would actually argue that, um, you know, if those tools are deployed and, and configured correctly, whether that be EDR, um, behavior, user behavior analytics, um, network logging, et cetera, all of these things um, can let you go and perform an employee investigation quite frankly, at any time you want. Mm-hmm. Now, the truth of the matter is, is there's so much data, you not have the time to be babysitting everyone in my company, right? right. Um, the, the, the you average get the here. the best
0: Reddit threads for me, Dan. Oh. <laughs> best <laughs> I, Reddit threads.
2: Our employees outnumber my, my, my security analyst, you know, Two to 300 to 1, right? Right. So we're not sitting here big brothering on, on your systems, but should we have a, a situation where someone says we need to run an employee investigation, the data is there. And and quite frankly, that's always the position you want to be in because uh, maybe it's not an employee situation. If you're in, in the middle of a security incident, right? You still want to know that that data is there so you can perform an investigation and, and perform forensics where necessary. So- um to, to me, this isn't a tooling issue. It's always going to be a process issue.
1: When is it appropriate to spin up an, an employee investigation? Right. So it seems like uh, you know, it is it is kind of going back to that, you know, people management is your first yeah. line of defense against a situation like this. And I think Daniel, yeah. you brought up a good point. It's not just your potential OEs, but also contractor situations where those people present a risk because they are inherently because of the way they're working. They are an OE, you know, they, as, as part of their contract, they might be working two to three different simultaneous employment gigs, depending on what level of work they're doing. Right. Um, and
2: that's a legitimate, that's a legitimate case. It's not really overemployment, right? right. That's a legitimate case. Um, and so we can layer another level of complexity on this. Right. Um, a lot of these tools that are collecting all of this data, I justify those in in EMEA right to my workers' councils right. um, so that they understand the proper use of these is for security monitoring, right And so yeah. I could get myself into a lot of trouble if I was using this to go and look at what XYZ employee in in a, a, especially in like Germany or France, um, is, is doing, um, from a day-to-day perspective, or if I use it to monitor their employee performance, right. This is not a tool that I have cleared with my workers council in order to do that, right. That's not the purpose of it. And so if, if for some reason I was to cite that information as a a reason for a Mm -hmm. performance issue, the company would actually be in a lot of trouble. Wow. Oh yeah.
1: Privacy. Privacy is a,
0: it's a huge up concern
1: with, uh, especially in a global company that becomes a major challenge yeah. to navigate.
0: Okay. So then are you ever authorized to use it for like, what, what is, what would it take to get a maybe one-off clearance from a, from a vendor? Like would it take yeah. a subpoena or something to clear it with the council to use a tool you already have for an un- previously uncleared purpose?
2: No, basically, I have to to prove that whatever I'm doing is a security incident, right? And so, if you're breaking um, like acceptable use policy, right, then I am I can go and do my investigation because you this is now a security incident, right? Um, In general, if if I'm if I'm looking into an individual employee uh, for misconduct. You know, I, I call um, my HR and my legal team. They're on my speed dial for that, right? We don't, we don't go and, and do that. Um, even, you know, honestly, even if I'm if I'm going to look into a user's mailbox for phishing, regardless of where the employee is located, I, I have my team go and tell the employee, "Hey, we are going to go look in your mailbox. Please don't delete anything. You're just making our job harder. This is what we're looking for, right? To, to just make sure." you know, we, we understand how this phishing email ended up in there. Um, and we'll let you know when we're done. And that that's, that's the extent of it just to be extra cautious in those scenarios. Um, the reverse gets really complicated. Um, and, and I, I know there's probably a lot of security people who have ran into the situation where a manager comes directly to a security team and sometimes to like an analyst right not even to to me as a CISO or, or a manager on my team but goes directly to an analyst you know hey i'm worried that this employee is you know you know and they think that they're using the c- computer in a wrong time or maybe they just suspect there's performance issue or sometimes they're trying to build a case right and and all of these kinds of situations can come up and that's where things get awkward right um and so Avanti's easy way of solving that is redirecting them to HR and then HR speaks to legal. And then the only person who can direct me and and my team to do an employee investigation that we did not trigger based off of security alerts in our tools is legal instructed us to do so. Right. Okay. And they have a certain level of uh, requirement and documentation to give us, and since they are also the ones who work with privacy and workers' council, that keeps our team out of trouble, right?
0: And they would be the one defending you if it ended up being an incorrect use. So at least you've got right, that.
2: exactly. They're, so, they're so extra having,
0: incentivized,
2: right? Well, and and, and it's great here at, at at Avanti, right? I've seen it, you know, from my prior job in a lot of places where it's not as good, um, but you know, we have a really good relationship. Um, in, in the between the legal, the privacy and the infosec team here, and, and even the HR team, right? Um, thankfully, we don't have to talk about these issues all that often. Um, I'm really glad because nobody wants to be investigating their own employees. But in other companies, I've definitely observed less of this partnership and, and more of those teams pushing the responsibility on the information security team. Mm -hmm. And especially with the way the privacy laws now are, you're just asking yourself for trouble if the legal teams are not getting
0: involved. So what exactly would you be looking for then or asking the security team to look for? Like, what kind of proof could they offer you to either confirm or deny?
1: Um, I think specifically on that, it's uh, it would come down to you'd have to have some very clear evidence to Daniel's point, like, uh, you know, if you're going to ask for an investigation it's definitely have some, you know, you'll have to have some ample evidence with that. And most likely you would have already had conversations with this employee, put them on a PIP potentially, a uh, performance improvement plan. Um, you know, if you haven't done any of those things, very likely Daniel and team are going to say, yeah, no, um, and HR and legal, uh, unless you've got, uh, if you're getting to the point where you're bringing in those teams, there's going to be some type of ample evidence to, want to take that investigation further.
2: Yeah, you know, and and again, from the telemetry that we collect, it's definitely possible at any time that we would be prepared to do that investigation, because a lot of the evidence sources we need to collect are very similar to threat actor Um, account, account log on and log off and account activity. I need to know that for when a threat actor is pivoting around an environment and be able to separate out legitimate use of a particular account from malicious use of an account. Right. Um, You know, that kind of telemetry still exists. And so it's it's still very um, valuable um, in in a uh, employee investigation scenario. It's definitely not a lack of evidence. It's it's making sure that you clearly define the parameters of when you're willing to do an employee investigation. Yeah. I'll be honest in in my my previous consulting role, most of the employee investigations that that we got involved in were not for for like overemployment situations like this or even the performance issues. Um, people more focused on is. Um, when when an employee is hostile right mm. or, or when a th- an anonymous threatening message has come through mm-hmm. or significant employee investigations from an overemployment perspective the, the truth of the matter is is if my tools don't trigger anything um you could come to me if you're <laughs> seeing underperformance but the truth of the matter is a, a pip should solve that for yep. you right if if you're doing good people management, you shouldn't need information security to come in and and HR doesn't normally pull us in for, for performance cases, right? Just because at the end of the day, it comes to making sure that your employees are, are delivering their work. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because it doesn't matter if they're not delivering because they're working a second job or they're being lazy or you know, whatever the case may be. Exactly. Failure to deliver is failure to deliver. And so it doesn't. So when they ask you then for a suspected security violation, it's gone through legal. Legal has assessed this and said, yes, please do this. What kind of do you run up? Are are there, are there, is there a list? I'm not asking you to say it, but is there a list of indicators that you can say, yes, this is what I'm definitively looking for? Or is it more?
2: uh, No, I, I, I would definitely take more direction from from the legal team because every every investigation, whether you know it's a security issue or it's an employee investigation, they're all different. And so uh, another thing that helps is um, the legal team can tell us specifically what they they want to, to understand in order to support the investigation that legal and HR are ultimately doing. And in, in these cases, right, in, in many uh, security incident cases, right, we're just fact finders, right? We can help, un, uh, you know, the legal team and the HR team understand what certain evidence means, but we're not here to draw a conclusion on was an employee overemployed or um, were they working normal time and then making use of the acceptable use policy to use their work computer for non-work related purposes, right? That That's ultimately a conclusion that um, legal and HR need to come to. And, and of course, working with the employee's manager, information security does not make those opinions.
0: So right. for example, let's pretend I was Chris's manager, just for this hypothetical, because Rachel says, I put myself in the troublemaker spot too often. And there was a We had gotten a threatening thing, and I had reason to suspect that Chris is the evil, dastardly internal threat who has sent this. And I'm worried about him accessing dark web stuff on his computer or whatever. And we get and and so security says, um, go talk to legal. Legal says, yes, please go investigate this and give you the list of things, including what tools were accessed when you discover that Chris has accessed Steam a computer gaming software platform, bless it, Yeah. in the middle of what is normally his working day and has played for like two hours. And you just report on that time of where it was. And then it's up to HR and legal to say, oh, that's when Chris was in India doing DevCon. This would have been after or before his working hours. But it just looks weird in terms of timing because... He his time yeah. zones were flipped, so it's so. Yeah. All, you security all we're doing
2: is all we're doing is building a, a timeline. We're not interpreting the evidence past, making sure that the legal and HR team understand what the timeline really means, and and you know making sure that they have the confidence that we have in the artifacts. Which, admittedly, right, depending on the artifact, my confidence wanes. Right, there are certain artifacts that I just. They, they give me less confidence in, in what they may present. So, uh, yeah, exactly as you said, uh, Ashley. And e- even then, right? Um, let, let, let's say that Chris was using Steam in the middle of his day, right? <laughs> um, a lot of people have very flexible work hours in, in, in the work, work re- remote time frame. And even me as a manager, right? You know, as long as you're getting your work done, I am not here to micromanage when you're doing your work. As long as you're you're in your meetings, you're getting your work done. You're generally available during business hours to respond. If someone wants to take a two-hour lunch because they've had a rough day and and let off some steam, right? right. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't actually care that they're they're playing on their computer as long as their work is still getting done. And, and so, in 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 that regards, right. Even in those situations, it's not really information security's job to interpret that. We give it over to, to to legal, and they can then determine. You know, did this violate, you know, any any policies? Did it contribute to a, a lack of performance or security issue? Right, and which is the make real trigger? Determ- exactly, right, um, not not when you played Steam.
0: That's good. Or on my, Steam. Sorry. Ah, that's very good. Um, <laughs> I I honestly have been very appreciative. Just a quick Avanti hype. I I've, I've really liked working for Rachel, who who is my boss and not Chris. And and um, with they really are very understanding of, you know, you sometimes need to step away. <laughs> because things can get intense and you need to recharge and not being condemned for that while still being held to account for production has been very refreshing. Um, so I don't know. Thanks.
1: All right. So I think we're kind of wrapping up the topic. We, I think we are down to, you know, the, your best and first line of defense for this should come back to the people management, how, how you're, uh Managing your employees, and you know to daniel's point, that is more than likely going to be the case of identifying and uh um, dealing with an o e situation if one were to come up yeah. um, It is interesting to see how some of these topics do overlap uh o e shadow i t even contractor contractor situations can all start to blur together, and to daniel's point like the the amount of data we've got yeah. and being able to spot one of these things like it's it, it's really hard at times. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the identifying when, and, uh, if, you know, that in deeper investigation is necessary. And if you've got your tools in place, then the data is there to do that deeper investigation, but definitely shouldn't be relied on to be that first line of defense for you. So,
0: and could not be because you drown in meaningless yep. data?
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. So thank you so much, Daniel. That was really interesting and Randomly reassuring for the random (laughs) end user like me. Um, Thank you for not being big brother. Um, Absolutely. Thanks, Chris, for also providing the manager perspective on that. That was was really interesting. Um, And thank you for listening, you person who's not on my recording right now. You. Thank you. And if you enjoyed this, thought it was interesting, would like to continue the conversation, um, particularly when it comes to uh, you've been asked to do an investigation and would like had additional insights on what your experience was like. Uh, please feel free to find us and join the conversation. Ivanti can be found at just about every social media platform at Go Avanti, Ivanti I V A N T I. And uh, as always, resources and links will be in the show notes. Um, and if you enjoyed this, learned something, made you think a little, maybe chuckle, need to share it with somebody to reassure them that their your security department is not, in fact stalking them uh please do download and share it with people the more people who listen the more the algorithm likes us and the more people will hear this message that need to so with that thanks again for listening stay safe and we'll talk soon bye